Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter on episode 75. So, this is our uh, three quarters of the way to our centennial, not centennial, 100th episode, so that's pretty cool. 75 episodes down. Bajillion more to go. And oh. on this week's episode, we're talking about college basketball, the NCAA, MLB, and of course, our signature segments, Mike Stupid Rules, and Write That Down Predictions. Also, just shout out to all our listeners for making this month by far our best month of downloads in 8311Cast history. Like, we're just, we've blown our last few months out of the water. So thank you for using your quarantine to listen to 8311Cast. We really appreciate it. We love you. You're the best. Go Cyclones. But it's not the end Not the end of the episode. Go Cyclones. <laughs> just a regular Go Cyclones. <laughs> the episode just ends there. <laughs> the episode just ended. That's it. <laughs> oh, oh, Thanks for listening. Bye. We're talking about sports this episode. Oh, man. I mean, there aren't a lot of sports to talk about, to be fair. Just kidding. No. There are some, there are some ah. good things. That are, it'll probably be a shorter episode, but there are some good things that are worth talking about, right? I'd agree with that. There are things worth talking about, but it's not nearly as busy as it usually is this time of the year. So Because the Twins should be 4-0 right now, and instead they haven't played a ball game. <laughs> That's so sad. Uh, the Royals should be 4-0 right now. The Royals should be 0-4 right now, I think is what you mean. <laughs> hey, hey, you never know what would happen. See, the thing about this shortened... Because the, the MLB season, if it happens, is going to be shorter, right? The thing about that, right, is part of the reason that baseball, right, that, you know, teams are just bad in baseball, right, is because the season is so long, right? So because this season is going to be shorter, right, all teams have hope. Like, do, like if you change this season, a simulation of the season from 162 games and bring it down to... 120 games, I think, is the number. The Royals go from a 0% chance to make the playoffs to a 10% chance to make the playoffs, right? So this, the, the fact that this season is going to be shortened is going to be, is going to very much help the um, teams that were supposed to be not great and very much hurt the teams that are supposed to be good if this season happens. Anyway, that was just a side note. We weren't actually supposed to talk about that, but... Um, anyway, what were we supposed to talk about? Somebody get me back on track. Uh, we're talking about Cyclone Men's Basketball. Does that give What's you any that? hints? Yes, yes. I, and also, you know, I could look at the outline. That might also help. Eh. But, yeah, so Cyclone Men's Basketball, one bit of news that, you know, we all kind of assumed this was going to happen. I mean, when we were talking about the roster for next year last week, um, we said that this was going to happen. But uh, Therese Halliburton did officially declare for the NBA draft over this past week, and you know what? Good for him, right? He's still projected to be a top 10 pick. Go make your money, right? Things like this, though it might hurt the program in the short term, are good for the program in the long term because, right, it shows that players who were, what, he's just a three-star recruit out of Milwaukee or out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin, right? So Not even Milwaukee. Right? Oshkosh, my gosh. Um, yeah, right, that this program can turn players like that into NBA players and high projected draft picks. Like that's, well, it's bad for the program in the short term, but really, really good for the program in the long this, term. 
And this is a big statement for the program. This is going to be the first lottery pick that the Cyclones have had in a very, very long time. Like, if you look at the likes of Monte Morris, George Niang, you got some second-round second pick material players. But right now, the Cyclones have eight players in the NBA, which is currently, obviously, uh, suspended for the foreseeable future we'll see if that comes back at all uh but this will be your ninth and your highest overall draft pick recently it's the reason why uh players like xavier foster chose this is exactly why xavier foster chose iowa state over iowa the the pedigree that iowa state has of developing talent and pushing them to the nba far uh, supersedes the the ability that Iowa has of putting players in the NBA. Just look at Luca Garza basically was was second for Player of the Year, right? Center of Iowa, incredible player by the way. But he's probably not going to go to the NBA because Iowa, what? Like why? 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 Iowa's inability to put players like Luca Garza, who are really great in um in um college at Iowa just don't end up performing well in the NBA, right? He's not projected as a high draft pick. Like, that should say anything. And in my opinion, he would be a very late second-round draft pick. Like, he is a great college player, but he's a system player. He's not what the NBA is exactly looking for. Garza will probably, if he gets drafted, He's probably going to be a bench player in the NBA after he gets out of the G League for quite some time. Kind of what maybe what Naz Long is right now for the Indiana Pacers. But you've got you've got players from the Cyclones who are playing significant minutes for good teams. Monte Morris, backup point guard right now for the Denver Nuggets, who before the season was suspended, was top three in the in the Western Division. If correct me if I'm wrong, on that the the Nuggets are a fantastic team. Matt Thomas playing relevant minutes for the Toronto Raptors, a great team in the East. And some of now some of that talent has been developed overseas. Matt Thomas did play overseas and then came back, but he still made it to the NBA. And that all stems back to Iowa State's ability to produce NBA-caliber players. The next one will probably be Xavier Foster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. And yeah, I, I did just look up to confirm most websites I'm seeing have guys, uh, if he were to go pro, probably being a late second round to undrafted type which is, player. So, which is which why is, he's considering going back for another season. Right, why they not? Literally, I mean... He he is in a much different situation than Tyrese Halliburton was. Right. Yes, Luca Garza was Luca Garza was fantastic this year, runner up for National Player of the Year. Uh, shout out to Dayton for some fantastic Twitter beef. It was great to read over the past week uh, uh, to Dayton Flyers uh, barstool account. Loved loved reading all that content, but Luca Garza had had a lot going for him this season and deservedly so he was fantastic, but he didn't deal with an injury that almost cost him potentially his ability to drop from being a lottery pick. Tyrese Halliburton's injury 
dropped him from what some experts said, I, I air quote experts, some experts said a top five pick to now they're just saying still projected as a top 10 pick. Really, in those first 10 picks, any player can pretty much go anywhere. It just depends on what team has the the best fit for them and how the how the whole lottery system works out where they what is it the top six teams are essentially in the running for the number one overall pick i don't know how the nba shapes it up but the worst team in the league doesn't necessarily get the number one overall right, pick because you've got you've got the lottery right so essentially every team that doesn't make the playoffs gets a certain number of ping pong balls in the lottery based on where they finished in the standings Mm-hmm. Right? And then what they do is they draw three ping pong balls, right? Whoever they draw first gets the number one overall pick. Whoever they draw second gets the number two. Whoever they draw third gets the number three. And then from there, they just stack the rest of the teams up in standings order. Well, you, you know, well, you pick out the ones that move that were in the lottery, right? You pick them out. So, you know, Minnesota right now is like fourth to last. Say they got the number one pick, right? You just stick them out and put them first and then everybody would file. Yep. Up behind but, him, right? That's how and, the NBA lottery works. And Halliburton had so much more to lose than Garza did. Like, if Halliburton came back and he had a really, really terrible knee or gruesome knee injury, think about uh, the Louisville player, Kevin Ware. Like, if he had that caliber injury, that would uh, No, don't, ta- don't think about that one. That would completely take him out of the top 15, if not the first round in general. And that's a lot of money to lose for for a player and thinking about their career and their future. So go get his money, go get his uh, time in the NBA. He's probably going to go to a bad team, but we'll, we'll see. He might be the piece that that team needs to get back into contention. So maybe, maybe he goes to Minnesota and then, you know, he can play with, with Carl uh, Anthony Towns and D'Lo. If he went to Minnesota, Actually, no matter wherever he goes, I'm I'm honestly considering getting a Tyrese Halliburton NBA jersey. Yeah, that's fair. He's one of my favorite players of all time. That's fair. Anyway, speaking of NCAA eligibility, um, something we had talked about previously on this podcast was um, what the NCAA was going to do with winter and spring athletes as far as eligibility with all the winter championships getting canceled, winter championships getting canceled and the entire spring season getting canceled. So um, on Monday, the NCAA um, announced this is for division one, division two and division three get to do their own things. But for division one, they have announced that all spring athletes, not just seniors, all spring athletes get another year of eligibility Winter athletes do not. So eligibility for winter athletics is not changed. For spring athletes, everybody gets another year of eligibility. Um, so what this means, um, right, so just some of the logistical details of this, right? So I know some of the things I was concerned about is what does it do with roster size limits? So the NCAA has waived um, – roster size limits for the upcoming season um, as long as your overage is all seniors, right? Is all, yeah, is all seniors. So people who would have graduated had they not given them another year of eligibility. So if your overage is all seniors, um, your roster limit is suspended. 
uh, is extended. You can also still give scholarships to those seniors. And again, your scholarship limit can be, you can go over your scholarship limit as long as that overage is all seniors who otherwise would have left who would have stayed. But this is up to, the, the key here is that it is up to each individual university, each individual institution to decide what they want to do. So for example, if Iowa State decides they can't afford to give scholarships to their right senior softball players, for example, right? Because athletic departments are going to be hurting monetarily because of this too, right? The NCAA allocation for each school is going to be way under what it was projected because of the canceling in the NCAA tournament, right? So each individual school can choose not to give scholarships to those seniors. And those seniors could still choose whether if they wanted to stay in school and play or leave, right? So the NCAA, or so each individual institution can still choose how much financial aid to give to those seniors who can return as long as it is, as long as it is not more than they received in the previous academic year. So they're receiving in, as long as it's not more than they receive in this year. So those are the details of that. Do you guys think it was the right decision by the NCAA? I, I am completely in favor of spring sports at least having the opportunity to bring their athletes back if they choose. I mean, right, those athletes have been preparing all year long from like from the summer doing off-season training to through the fall doing workouts and through the winter prepping for the season. You think about softball uh, teams, you think about baseball teams as well. Um, there have been there has been so much preparation going into those seasons. And for some of those players, and now I'm talking mainly for baseball, for some of those players, a lot of those players lost out on opportunity for scouts to view them this year as well, um, which greatly impacts their future as as a as a potential minor league or major league uh, prospect baseball player. Um, it's I, I am in favor of bringing back athletes. I hope that uh, the universities come up with a mutual dis. A mutual agreement, or not agreement, but a decision um, in each conference whether or not they can afford it or not. I I would like to see that some of the seniors get a chance to come back next year. I've seen some uh, seniors who were completely bummed out by it on Twitter, taking to Twitter and saying that they would love the opportunity to come back for another season and get to live out their senior season because some of them. Their senior season, that's their send-off. That's their farewell party. That is their, and they might not ever play that sport again. So it's their last chance to play their or their respective organized sport if they're not going professional in that sport. Yeah. Wyatt, what about you? What do you think about it? I agree this was, uh, surprisingly enough, a correct decision coming out of the NCAA. Um, I know we complain about the NCAA a lot and some of their... Uh, policies i guess and this was actually i think a really good decision from their part um i don't think it would have been the correct decision to also extend this eligibility to winter sports so excluding them i think was a great um not, not a good idea but the correct decision in my mind so overall i think this this benefits as many people as possible without dealing with the consequences of you know including too many people in this winter sport athletes uh yep 
name, name, you know, the group. Yeah. So when this idea was being tossed about, I think maybe I am, I didn't, I think I implied this uh, during the previous episode when we talked about this is that I was against it when the idea was being thrown out just because of all the logistical issues that it would raise. But after reading the exact, reading the wording of how they did this decision, I actually am ending up in favor of it, right? I think the, the two keys for me that made me in favor of this was, first of all, that they gave another year of eligibility to everybody and not just seniors, right? So if we, the reason that's key is if we look at this from a baseball perspective, right? So according to MLB rules, there are only three times you can get drafted in the MLB draft, right? Coming out of high school, after your junior year of college ball, or after your senior year of college ball, right? So if you give just seniors another year of eligibility, but not juniors, right? You've just taken away a bunch of leverage that all those juniors would have had in the MLB draft, right? Because otherwise, you know, this year, if they get drafted, they could just say, well, I don't like what you're offering me. I'll go back to school and I'll get drafted next year, right? But since the MLB draft is going to be shortened, we'll get to that in just a minute, um, right? Since these juniors now have another year of eligibility as well, um, it, um, yeah, it'll allow them to keep that leverage. And the second point was allowing the individual institutions to make the decisions about giving these the, the seniors scholarships, right? Because otherwise, especially for the smaller universities, mandating that you give those seniors a scholarship going over what your otherwise allotment would have been, would have been financially impossible for many, especially smaller institutions. And especially as you think that almost, I think pretty much every spring sport except you know, baseball at some of the elite schools down in the South is uh, all the spring sports are non-revenue sports, right? It's not like it's football or basketball where you're bringing in a ton of revenue. So adding that cost to non-revenue sports would have been killer to a lot of institutions. So I wasn't in favor of this, but I am after reading the details. I think the NCAA got this one right. Anyway, Kyle, you, is, added, you added something in mid-segment that you want to talk about here. What is that? Yeah, which is surprising that the NCAA got something right because they also got, like, this is just absolutely, in my mind, it's it's stupid. That So I don't know if, if any of our listeners saw this story at all on any media outlets, but Trevor Lawrence, the uh, quarterback and uh, for the Clemson Tigers, uh, he started a fundraiser online uh, with his girlfriend for people impacted by the virus, impacted by the economic hardship during these times for people in the local community as more of an outreach. Like, how can we help support these people in this area um, and specifically some workers around Clemson University that are are now out of jobs due to this and the ncaa shut it down because they viewed it as money towards towards an athlete which right now is still an ongoing issue absolutely ridiculous when someone can't start a charity for a good cause in a time of crisis for certain people and help people out the NCAA is a joke in most regards, and it is absolutely surprising that they actually did something right and didn't find a way to screw it all up. So, so uh, just to add on to that, Kyle, um, they did actually end up allowing him to 
keep his GoFundMe page open. Yeah, um, they did reverse they, that decision. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So I agree. There was a complete joke. And I don't know if they should allow him to do that. I mean, the rule is technically you can't profit off your own name and likeness, etc. Um, but I guess he's not really profiting from it. So why he's didn't not, they think about that initially? He's not profiting. It's benefiting it's yep. benefiting but a it's, better cause. It's not it's, going to himself. It's not, it's, how is this bettering his... I guess maybe it's bettering his name in some people's eyes. Some people are going to be like, oh, he's such a good person because of this. But that's not the reason why he's doing it. He's doing it to help people who are in a less fortunate situation than he is. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, good. I get what he's doing is good, and... This is something that absolutely should be allowed under NCAA rules, but, right, the but is coming, right? We're big proponents on this podcast of rules, rules, right? You have to enforce the rules the way they are written, even if they are written poorly, right? I'm not a, right, I'm absolutely in favor of Trevor Lawrence raising money for charity, like, I'm big on that, but I'm also big on enforcing the rules as they are written, even though they are stupid, because as soon as you make one exception, you open yourself up to exceptions and exceptions and exceptions, and that's not good. The rules should be I, rewritten. Exceptions should not be made. That's that's what I, that's what I'm trying to get at. The rules need to be rewritten. We're not; these rules are archaic in this day and age. Yeah, we're getting there. Was it 2023? Something I think is like when that. the. Uh... I think they're going to vote on the actual nomenclature of the rule change next year or something, and then it'll take effect 2023. I totally agree, though. Um, I mean, in my opinion, athletes, student athletes should be able to profit off their own name, likeness, and imagery, but um, they can't. So I don't even know if the NCAA's decision to reverse their their uh, call on shutting down as charity was the right call even. So I don't know. NCAA's all over the place. But like you said, I'm just happy they at least got something right. Because yeah. overall, that organization pisses me off. But Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I think that'll conclude uh, us bitching about the NCAA. I think we can go and talk <laughs> about baseball now. I do like baseball, I and I am like very baseball. sad that there's not actual baseball games to talk about. Like I said in the open, the Twins should be 4-0 right now, but they're not. But they it's, could be 3-1. and Or they could be 1-3. and Or they could be 0-4. They could, but that'd be really bad. We'd have problems. I'd be panicking right now if they were on four. I'd be pushing that you panic can't button. Panic really hard. Four games I would be pushing the panic MLB button season. really hard. You I'd cannot panic four games into an MOB season. Just like last year when the Royals won a few games in the early season, you were like, You can't drink the Kool-Aid. See, but when a when a team that's supposed to win a hundred ball games loses their first four, that means you can only lose fifty-eight out of your next hundred and fifty-eight. That's not very good. That would be time to push the panic button. Anyway, getting back to what actually happened in the MLB. So the MLB and owners and players association agreed to, we're going to call it a labor agreement. It's not like a big overarching thing. It's just an agreement of what they're going to do um, because of this season is going to be really weird. Basically, um, the key takeaways for it are, first of all, Major League Baseball, as I alluded to earlier, has the right to sh- um, to shrink the MLB draft to as few as five rounds for this year. Now, the MLB, I mean, if you don't know about the MLB draft, that, you know, doesn't seem like much. But the MLB draft has a ton of rounds as compared to... What is, what um, is it? 
is it 23? No, it's 32 rounds, right? The NFL, the NFL, the MLB draft has 40 rounds. Oh, 40 rounds. Yeah. yeah. So shrinking it down to something like five or 10 rounds is a significant reduction in the MLB draft size. So it's up to the league to decide what they're going to want to do. And part of it is going to be based on how this crisis unfolds and how much of this season gets to get played, et cetera, et cetera. Um, other things that got agreed to is basically the players agreed that they're going to work with Major League Baseball and they're open to doing things like um, like waiving their required uh, number of off days throughout the year, playing more doubleheaders, expanding rosters, uh, expanding the playoffs, playing games till Thanksgiving. The players have basically agreed, yeah, we'll do these, work with us, we'll make these things happen to try to get a season in here whenever we're able to. And the other thing it did is it agreed um, to helping players financially. The league is going to advance a portion of um, the salaries for major league players here this year. So when and if this season gets played, um, the players just, you know, would only make part of what they otherwise would have made because they got part of it advanced here in this season to make sure they can, you know, like live and survive because that's kind of an important thing. So and there was also speaking, agreement that the salaries for this year would be prorated based on how many games get played, probably. And speaking of helping players survive, uh, minor league players, uh, as we all know, a lot of minor league players don't make a bunch of money to play baseball. They're on very, very small contracts. And uh, a lot of the question going into this was, was the MLB going to pay pay minor league players? Uh, and it was just uh, uh, released today that all minor league players will be receiving $400 a week from uh, Major League Baseball teams through at least May 31st. Um, and that is what sources have told ESPN. Uh, they will also receive medical benefits. Um, and the MLB is expected to announce that uh, later today or sometime tomorrow, uh, today being March 31st or April 1st. They might actually try and get it out on March 31st rather than April April 1st, April Fool's Day. So Wait, that people don't actually to put out big news on April 1st. Can we just cancel April Fool's Day this year? Like, no prank you could pull could be anything compared to what's actually happening right Can now. We Can we just cancel, cancel 2020 and move on to 2021? Do you, do you remember when we put your bed in the bathroom on April Fool's Day? That was fun. Yeah, I... Did, you guys put it back, though, didn't you? I mean, yeah. Or did we just talk about putting his bed in the bathroom? And we, never we didn't actually. actually. Yeah, we yeah, talked about it a couple times. I don't think we actually did it. We should have done it. Uh, I totally fun. agree. It would have been a pain, though. Those beds are hard to take apart. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I think that was it. We had to talk about, about Major League Baseball. And Kyle added another thing to the podcast, to the outline in the middle of the podcast. He wants to talk about something in the NFL. What do you want to talk well, about in the NFL? I guess I just want to get your opinion. So there have been some, there's been some rumors, discussion, talk about uh, the NFL shortening the season this year to potentially 14 games due to the whole uh, virus and not having enough time to for players to prep and get ready for the season. 
What are your thoughts on that? Do you think do you think the NFL will take a take a um, a book from the MLB and try and work with the players and say, hey, we're going to go as late into the season as we need to in order to get this done? I think that it's way too early to speculate on what might happen with the NFL season because we don't even know what this virus situation is going to look like on May 1st, much less August 1st when these training camps are going to start. So, like, I I mean, might they go to 15 or 14 games? Yeah, they might. Will there be an NFL season? Who knows, right? Who knows is basically what we have in this. So I... I don't really see the point in speculating about the uh, the NFL season at this point just because there's so much that's unknown. I hope we'll get to play a full 16 games, but who knows whether we will for sure or not. So we'll see. We will see. Yeah, I certain, certainly hope we get to play a full 16-game season. I've had to resort to watching people on YouTube make videos of Madden uh, like CPUs playing against each other just so I can finish. I mean, that is one way to do it. I wouldn't recommend it, but that is certainly one way to do it. Um, I think that is all we have um, as far as the NFL is concerned. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, Kyle? No, I don't think so. There aren't any last-minute additions. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Wyatt, what comes after that? Your favorite segment, our least favorite segment, Mike's Stupid Rules. So yeah. what rule do you got for us this week, Mike? So this week in Stupid Rules, I'm going to go to a rule in soccer because we haven't had any real sports to watch. I mean, there haven't been any unique, interesting rule situations that have come up, meaning I had to talk about something I know I haven't talked about before. And since I know I haven't talked about soccer, because who cares about soccer, I'm going to talk about a rule in soccer, and that rule specifically is offsides. So, here's the way offsides works in soccer. So, in order to stay onsides in soccer, there either has to be one member of the opposing team or the ball in between you and the goal uh, to be onsides. So, this is measured anytime the ball is kicked, right? If the ball is kicked, like, towards the goal or whatever, right at the point where it is kicked is where the decision of being offsides or onsides is made, right? So you can, so like if there's a long pass down the field, right, you can be off ahead of the defender as long as you were behind that defender when that ball was kicked to be passed downfield. So as long as the ball or a defender is closer to the goal you're trying to score on than you, when the ball is kicked, that means you are onsides. Um, if you are called for offsides, essentially what that means is it will be a free kick for your opponent at the point where you are offsides is essentially the penalty for being offsides. No cards or anything, not, nothing like that for being offsides. But, you know, you can't score a goal if you are offsides. Stay onsides in soccer. But that's about it. Cool. I don't know a ton of the intricate technical details because I don't follow soccer. I'm relying on my... I played soccer in middle school knowledge here for these rules. <laughs> so, plus, you know, watching like the World Cup and stuff. So That's fair. Generally, at this point in time in the episode, we go and let you talk some more in our accountability session. Um, 
but we don't have anything to hold ourselves accountable for. However, uh, it sounds like you do have some score updates for us in our Write That Down prediction season. I do. I figured, since we don't have any predictions coming off the board, this would be a very good time to give you all an update about where we all are as far as our batting averages and slugging percentages as we are coming down the last about month and a half of this Write That Down season. So we'll start off with the batting averages, and I am dumb and forgot to calculate Josh's batting average, so give me four seconds, and I will have it there. All right. So in last place in batting averages, uh, at this point, batting 228 is Wyatt. In third place, batting averages, hitting 341 is Kyle. So Wyatt, you are well behind Kyle. You are... 100 points behind uh, Kyle. That's the goal. In second second place for batting average is myself batting 411. And then Josh is actually leading the the batting race, batting um, 454. So good for Josh. Yeah. 454. Um, Slugging percentages. Let me see here. Give me one second. I also forgot to calculate Josh's slugging percentage. Josh's slugging... uh, So in last place in slugging percentage is, again, Wyatt slugging 514. Third place, Kyle slugging 756. In second place is me slugging 882. And Josh is leading the way slugging a nice, clean 1,000. Way to go, Josh. Oh, dang. And then, Those are pretty good numbers. Mm-hmm. And then just one more update. Um, we're going to give you an update on average total bases. So the average total bases on every one of our predictions, just so you know um, you know, you know, know, how bold of predictions we're making on general. Kyle averages 2.47 bases per prediction. I average 2.30 bases per prediction. Wyatt averages 2.69 bases per prediction, and Josh is averaging 2.55 bases per prediction. So I am definitely the most conservative predictor, followed by Kyle, then Josh, and then Wyatt is by far the most bold predictor of any of us in these write-that-down segments. There is still time to change these standings, as there will be predictions that come off the board before the end of the year. So we'll give you an update at the end of the year to see who's winning. Cool. But until then, we need to put some more back up on the board right now. Kyle, do you have anything to to write down? I do. So this one, this one has a little bit of of a a twist to it. So like the the part in the asterisk, just for you guys, the two of you, when this prediction happens, you will receive a Snapchat of me doing said thing. Uh, so the Chiefs will, the Chiefs will win the AFC West again. Smile. So like when the Chiefs win again, I will send you a Snapchat of a smile. Mm, double probably. What if he forgets? <laughs> He's gonna forget. To... Wait. Oh, is that you will send yeah, a smile part of, part of the prediction? Oh, that's, that's part, part of the prediction too. I like that. Does that bring um, it from a double to a triple? But if we do that, then he's not going to forget. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kinda, I'm in a good mood. I, I'll give him a triple for that. 
Alright, fine. I think it's only a double, but fine. I'll give him a triple. It's the, triple the Snapchat part of it. The prediction itself is only a double, but the fact that I have yeah. to send you a smile. Yeah, I agree. Triple for creativity. I agree. Alright, Mike, you got anything? Yep, I am going to keep up my uh, streak of nice conservative predictions. I'm going to predict that the Kansas City Chiefs, look at this, I'm making a Kansas City Chiefs prediction, will trade out of the first round of the NFL draft. They will not draft anybody in the first round. I'm sorry, Mike, but that is a single. They are picking with the 32nd pick in the first round, and most experts believe that the Chiefs are going to trade out of the first round. Because they don't have any money left. Better value. <laughs> what? Dollars. D- depending on what you look at, the the Chiefs have anywhere between negative one point seven million dollars and one hundred and seventy seven dollars left on their salary cap. So they got the no Chiefs money. Chiefs are gonna trade. The Chiefs are gonna trade out of the first round for extra salary cap space. Uh, you can't do that in the NFL. Just saying. Just yeah. saying. Anyway, cool. what, so, what do you got? Well, a lot of it, a lot of it revolves around uh, Sammy Watkins and what's going to happen with Chris Jones and his hit to the salary cap next year. And so. Tyreek Hill has an incredible cap number this year. Yep. Anyway, so I have uh, since we're in this is for the new write that down prediction season board. Yep. I got to put my one point safety prediction up there. So I'm going to say a one point safety will happen in football. And at we'll, some point in time. And we'll give you a home run for it again because <laughs> yep. it's so unlikely we have no other options <laughs> up to do that. That's what we got. Do we have anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive? You know, he is still alive. We what? talked to him this weekend. You know he's still alive. I had to ask anyway. It's just a thing. True. He is still alive. Yeah. Good. He's doing good. Very good. But we don't have any predictions from him? No, not that I know of. All right. Well, since we got our predictions up on the board, I think that means we're at the end of the Write That Down prediction segment, which also means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 75 of the 8311 cast. We hope to see you back here again next week so you can listen to episode 76. Uh, if you want to drop us a line, feel free to contact us. Slide us slide into our DMs uh, on Instagram at 8311cast or drop us a line at our contact page fireside.fm 8311cast.fireside.fm slash contact boom signing off 8311cast we have your hosts Kyle Mersh Mike Ludwig and Wyatt Teeter talk to you next week go Cyclones go Cyclones go Cyclones